Destination Medicine is a collaborative initiative of regional training hubs. With first-hand lessons learned from those who have gone before, this podcast is designed to assist and inspire anyone interested in pursuing a medical career in rural and regional Australia. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Peter Letts. Across Australia, there are dedicated doctors with inspiring stories, making a difference to the lives of regional, rural and remote Australians. Dr Seni Surendran is one of them. He started out as a physiotherapist and only came to medicine after a life journey that took him to the Netherlands and Canada. But it was the call to contribute more to society that led him to medicine and is now living the regional dream in Lismore, New South Wales. Senny starts by describing his youth and a mania for sport to Nicole Goodman. Yeah, I guess I was probably that classic sporty kid and one of those people that looks back and goes, oh, geez, I'm grateful for mum driving me from this training session to that. So, yeah, I was originally born in Sydney and did primary school there and moved to Melbourne for high school. And, yeah, through that whole time, sport was probably my biggest passion as a kid growing up. And I was into everything from, like, cricket to hockey to basketball. And when it came to choosing what sort of career I wanted to go into after school, it sort of was part of the decision making. And so coming from like mum and dad who born and raised in Sri Lanka, they were very keen on me to push me academically. And so I sort of felt like I'll go into something like physiotherapy where, you know, I get to really work with sporting teams and I really liked anatomy. And and so I thought that was the right fit for me. And so that was my undergrad And yeah, I was really lucky to study physio and then work with a lot of sporting teams in physiotherapy and work in private practice settings with sporting players. Sort of through my mid early to mid-20s, I got the itch to do the gap year thing and move overseas and sport was probably a little bit of the driver for that as well. So I actually moved to the Netherlands or Holland to play hockey over there and ended up playing and coaching hockey over in, in Holland and on the side sort of taught some English and did a bit of touring around, which was great. Well, that is amazing because the original plan was to play hockey in Europe for 12 months, but it didn't stop after one year, did it? No, it didn't. Probably the the classic thing where I said one year, but only bought a one-way ticket (laughs) across (laughs) Europe. And it was probably four, around four years later before I actually really came back home. And I was in my early 20s and mid-20s and you sort of went with the, you know, where the wind blows me sort of theory, which was great at the time. I think my captain of my hockey club said you should do a ski season in France. So that saw me off to the French Alps where I worked as a chalet chef for a ski season and fell in love with skiing and got to ski every day for five months. And then during the summer, I got to travel through Europe and do one of the best things I've done in my life, which is the Camino de Santiago. It's this huge trek across the north of Spain and you'd get to meet all sorts of wonderful people and just an amazing experience of one month. Got to manage a hostel in Portugal and then after another season in France skiing, I I moved back to London to work as a physio and was thankful for, you know, my physio degree that I'd done as an undergrad. And after a couple of years in London, the ski itch sort of came back and everyone's spoken about Canada. So I decided to move to Canada and work as a ski instructor in Canada. It was a pretty amazing time in my life, actually. Well, what a foundation, what a starting point. How did you then go from the ski fields of Canada to applying for medicine? 
I don't know, it's a bit of a blur now, I guess. But yeah, I think after those few years, and it's a really great time in your sort of early to mid-20s, you're sort of old enough to have some qualifications under your belt and some work experience so you can earn some money, but you also don't have all the responsibilities that come with being, you know, an adult in some ways, I guess. But yeah, after a little while, I think after my Canada season, I sort of felt like I just wanted to do something that was a little bit more contributing towards society. And so I came back home to Australia as a little bit, you know, a little bit lost with what to do, but I'd always had this itch with business and commerce. And so I'd actually applied to start a Master of Commerce at University of Sydney and actually sort of got me into a few different things, which were great. So I got to work with a lot of social enterprises and small startups and charities. And, and that took me sort of all over from rural Australia, sort of outback New South Wales to like Vietnam, Nepal, Sri Lanka. And yeah, I sort of got to work with all these great little charities and social enterprises and felt like I was contributing and putting something back towards society. But I didn't quite get that full satisfaction, I guess, or really felt like that was my calling. And so with the health background, I actually thought, well, let's, why don't we give, a, give medicine a go? Sure, sure. Well, the process of actually getting into medicine is quite an undertaking. Tell us a bit about how it rolled out for you. What was your process? I agree with you. It is an undertaking getting into medicine, let alone actually studying it and then working in it. I think especially nowadays, I feel like it's getting harder and harder. I think I had a bit of time between working a little still as a physio and then doing the stuff with business. And so I thought, oh, yeah, let's, if I want to give medicine a go, I need to do the GAMSAT. And so I sat the GAMSAT and I actually got a decent mark but wasn't successful in gaining an interview, applied again the second year and, and got an interview across the other side of the country in Perth and was unsuccessful then and thought, oh, maybe it's not for me if, you know, I've come to this stage. And then weirdly enough, the time came around to see my GAMSAT again and I actually had a bit of free time. So I thought, oh, let's just give this a go and and sat it again and <laughs> and got a I think I got pretty much exactly the same mark and and applied again and got another interview at this time at Wollongong and did the interview and again didn't get, didn't get didn't get the call up and it wasn't until wow a month later I think I got a second or third round offer and by that stage I'd probably definitely had been thinking oh yeah let's push down the business line and had thought about other pathways and then yeah I ended up at Wollongong Uni and it's a funny one. I was sort of at that stage, you're probably just going, I'll, I'll go to any uni that, you know, will take me to do medicine. But Wollongong is very portfolio based. So we're very focused on what you've done outside of study, and what you've done in rural communities and things like that. So all the things that I'd done through business and working as a physio, working even in as a chef in the French Alps all sort of came into play, which was really great. So it actually made me a really good fit for them. And then the other way around actually worked really well because they were so focused. I think Wollongong at being a young university in terms of medicine, were really focused on developing doctors that are needed for Australia and sort of rural and regional areas, as well as GPs in rural and regional areas. And so their training and their programs are very well tailored towards that. And so it sort of got me into those areas and played into my strengths, which was great. One of those things that happens without you meaning to and sort of really thankful for it in the end. Yeah, that's amazing. Obviously, moving from Sydney to Wollongong is a bit of a a lifestyle change. What's it like working there and living there? Oh, Wollongong itself, I couldn't give it enough five-star reviews. It's this hidden little gem that, you know, had lived in Sydney for some time and Melbourne, obviously, and different places around the world. But like Wollongong was this place that you're only a couple of hours, if that, from the city, if you need a bit of a city hit. But 
you're next to this beautiful coastline and then only a few kilometres away you have this beautiful mountain range that or the escarpment that closes Wollongong in. And so I lived about 150, 200 metres from the beach. So I'd be, we'd be in the water probably most days of the week, even through winter. And then when you didn't feel like that, you'd climb up the mountain for a different adventure. And it was just that right size in terms of having everything you need and places to go to eat and drink and find a good coffee and not being too busy that you felt like you were crowded in by everyone. So yeah, Wollongong, I would highly recommend. Highly recommend. That's good. That's great. And maybe one day, hopefully, we've always thought about it'd be a nice place to go and live again. We'll see what happens. Oh, really? So you would? <laughs> ah, okay. That's good. That's exciting. That's great. But yeah, for a short period of time, at least. Well, let's take a bit of a bird's eye view yeah. because you returned to university as a mature age, as a 30-year-old student. <laughs> what was that like if you compare it to starting your undergrad fresh out of high school? It was really same in a lot of ways, which is funny, especially like physio and medicine. I think the degrees that require a lot of contact hours, so you became really good friends with the people that you were around because you're spending so much time (laughs) together. And like, even if I look at it now, like a lot of my good friends are from those two times when I studied physio, when I studied medicine. But Jesus was great. As a 30 year old, you don't really get many opportunities to make a whole load of good friends again. Everyone's got different things going on. They've already got their networks set up. They've got families, bits and pieces, work's a bigger priority. But all of a sudden, as a 30-year-old, we had 80 of us who came from all places in Australia, varying backgrounds, varying ages, who were all sort of interested in the same thing. And we sort of got to go through it together. And some of these people are now some of my closest friends. And I'm so grateful for that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good insight that it is much harder to make a strong set of friends the older you get. But university really does give you that opportunity. Yeah. That's interesting. Seni, give us a little bit more of an idea of the medical infrastructure in rural towns as you've experienced it. How supportive is it of students and and student doctors? I think it's getting better each year. And Wollongong as a uni is probably one of the, like obviously I haven't been to the other unis, but I think it's pushing to make it a really great experience for students and student doctors to be in these settings and really set us up and obviously their focus is producing doctors for rural and regional Australia and I think they're doing a really good job with that. I mean for me the first half of my degree I did rotations through Wollongong, Nowra, Barrel and we were fortunate enough to have accommodation there you know they'd help with transport and all those sort of little logistics and do the best they could to make it an easy transition. I actually end up, we do a rural clinical year as part of our degree. And just with being wanting to be close to my partner at the time, I placed Broken Hill, which was the furthest <laughs> rotation as my last preference. <laughs> the way it ends up, I ended up getting my last preference. Again, one of those things where in hindsight, I'm pretty grateful for the experience that I had out there. And maybe it goes that the further away you go, the more grateful everyone is having you out there. And out there, you get set up really well in terms of your accommodation and supports. And not only that, when you're further and further away, I think the patients and the community are so grateful to have you out there as well. I went out to Broken Hill and people are just so grateful that someone is there to listen and I'd be in the ED and I I get treated as a junior doctor, even though I'm still a medical student. And, you know, that works both ways. You get that warm, fuzzy feeling from being appreciated, but also I get to do things that a lot of my colleagues back in the city didn't have the opportunity to do. So 
it was a really great experience. It also shows how important it is for student doctors to continue to do rural work because they are so needed in these far-flung communities and towns and the role is, is imperative. I agree. I think we're making steps in the right direction. Having universities who are focused on regional and remote training like Wollongong, having rural placement years like I did, having hospitals like Lismore take on interns regionally and remotely. And then when starting to see more and more training programs that we're able to do regionally and remotely, hopefully keeps doctors out in these areas and helps them appreciate that time and helps them set up in those areas rather than drag them back to the city and then hope that we can get them out again. So yeah, we, I was really grateful for my time out in Broken Hill and, and the rural areas, but yeah, the timing with COVID probably did make life that little bit challenging with spending so much time away from my partner but overall my experience out there was so good being exposed in a GP and ED setting mostly as a medical student but very much treated like a junior doctor really set me up for internship and life as a junior doctor. COVID certainly impacted all of us in a variety of ways but it actually played a major role in your next phase of life. How so? Yeah I think With all the time, those years of COVID, Alexia and I had navigated living together and then me having to go away for different rotations. Maybe we'd gotten a little bit bit tired of doing that. Maybe the city wasn't so appealing during COVID as well with everything shut down and you're sort of being trapped in your smaller houses and less outdoor space. And and at the same time, we were probably hitting that point in our lives where we, we thought it'd be nice to start a family and And we thought it was a perfect opportunity to get out of city. And Alexia has grown up and was born actually just down the road from here in Lismore. And and her family still have a farm about half an hour away. And so we thought, what a great opportunity to move to Lismore. I'd heard great things about Lismore as a hospital to work in from some of the guys in the year above me. So we thought, let's apply for Lismore and get out of the city and, and start a life up there. There was a decision made and made the application, interviewed through Zoom, which everyone was doing Zoom calls at that time. Yeah. And yeah, when I found out I was lucky enough to get a spot at Lismore, COVID did that thing where it sort of started to settle down for a second and I thought, oh yeah, I can quickly go and do an elective rotation in Alice Springs and it just kicked up. We had this horrible moment where Alexi was pregnant with Isha at the time and I had to go straight from Alice Springs to my final rotation in Lismore. And she had to drop the car off for me at the airport, but I wasn't able to hug my pregnant wife at that stage (laughs) because of all the restrictions. Otherwise, they wouldn't have let me in at the hospital or Lisboa when I got up there. So it was a, yeah, it was a, which now talking about it feels like such an odd thing that happened at that time. Yeah. I got in the car and and drove straight up to Lismore and at that stage they'd introduced this AIM program and I thought, perfect, what a great thing to go into. And I, it sort of was all falling into place at that stage. Mm. You mentioned the AIM program. Tell us a bit about it. COVID was the driver for it. I think uh, just because of so many doctors off with COVID leave and restrictions with travel and they were having staffing issues. And so it was a New South Wales government initiative to sort of promote final year medical students into a almost junior doctor role. Basically, you acted as a junior doctor in the hospital and the only thing you wouldn't be allowed to do was prescribe medications. And so... You were doing all the rounding on patients, you were doing reviews on patients, you were, you know, writing notes, writing discharge summaries, 
and then you'd get help from one of the doctors with prescribing medications. And it was great as a final year medical student. We got paid for this role. We learnt so much. You got put in the position of a junior doctor and it ended up being a great stepping stone into internship, especially I was lucky enough to do it at the hospital that I was going to be an intern at. Amazing. Well, you're now based in Lismore. What does life look like these days for you? <laughs> Very different to... <laughs> When I talk about skiing in France and Canada, it's very different to <laughs> yeah. that now. Alexia, my wife, and I sort of really ripped the Band-Aid off in the space of six months and bought a house, started working in new jobs and started working as a doctor. For me, we got a puppy, which uh, sometimes oh, I wonder why we got a puppy, <laughs> all, all while we were pregnant and then we've had the baby all in this six-month period and that's a, a whirlwind. So life's very different now. But it comes with all those rewarding, lovely moments as well as all the challenges that come with that as well. But it's different and it's it's great and it's chaos all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And life as a doctor in Lismore, is it what you pictured? Is it is it what you expected it to be? <laughs> life as a doctor is probably nothing really prepares you for it until you're in it. It can be pretty brutal at times and, you know, that first year I think there's a very steep learning curve and it's challenging but, you know, challenge brings growth and, and that's rewarding in itself. But overall it's been a really, really great experience and you don't realise how far you've come until you have these little moments of going, oh, yeah, and you see yourself in someone two years behind you and you go, oh, yeah, that's what I was like then but now look where I've come to or like as a doctor in Lismore I couldn't more grateful for the, like, the people who look after us here at Lismore from an admin point of view as well as senior doctors and staff members. The conditions are great. The support's good. We do some long hours at times, but I think compared to a lot of the people I graduated uni with, we do have a really nice work-life balance here at Lismore, which is great. And I really appreciate that. And I walk 15 minutes to work and wow. the beach is only 20 minutes to half an hour away and it's beautiful and I don't have to pay for a park and <laughs> that's lovely. But yeah, there's, I think being a doctor, it's amazing how much in the first couple of years you realise there's so many non-medical skills to being a doctor, you know, just your communication skills, all your conflict resolution skills, your teamwork, your leadership. There's a lot of managing people, managing personalities and those sort of things, which I think you definitely learn on the job. But again, being rurally and being in Lismore, I think I've been similar to my experience as a student. I've been given opportunities to really learn and gain some skills that, you know, maybe some of my colleagues in the city wouldn't have been because we are a bit more under-resourced, I guess, out in these sort of areas. But, you know, I'm probably better for it because I've been getting these opportunities while still being able to work within a scope of practice that I'm comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. Finally, Seni, if we look towards the future, say five to ten years' time, where do you see yourself and what are you doing? Oh. On the slopes of France? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to convince Alexia of that. She's not one, not a big one for the cold though. She does like snowboarding, so right. we'll see. I'd love to do that. That would be great. And being a doctor does have those opportunities, but yeah. No, I'm probably not one to look too far ahead. And if you'd asked me five or ten years ago where I'd be now, I don't know if I'd even be close to <laughs> answering that question right. It's nice to sort of let go a little bit and let life lead the way sometimes. And right now I think I'm sort of enjoying being in Lismore. It gives us as a family a really nice balance of it's big enough but not too big. 
The weather is great. We get lovely beaches, beautiful places to go and explore. I haven't decided which pathway I'm going to go down in terms of specialization. But again, that's something where I've got to weigh up all the different things. It's not just me in terms of deciding which pathway to go down. It's me and my daughter and my wife and the puppy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the puppy. You know, want as well. That's really nice as well that I have that to think about. So, yeah, for now, I'm enjoying just getting some more experience. I'll jump onto a training program that fits me when that feels right. And I'm enjoying being a doctor in Lismore and learning and spending as much time with my family as I can. That's Dr. Seni Surendran, a junior doctor working at Lismore Base Hospital. This is Destination Medicine. Thanks for listening. Regional training hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Program.